Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, everybody? This is Jesse Cass here for the Elmu Basketball Podcast, here exclusively on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? What's up, Lions fans? Jesse Cass back with you here for a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Really happy to have you back here as we are on the cusp of the 2019-20 college basketball season with the LMU Lions set to tip it off on Tuesday night with a home contest against Westcliff. So we're back. We're really excited to be back uh, and keep bringing you this LMU Basketball Podcast and a lot of content coming up as we'll get back rolling with our consistent schedule now with the season coming every single week and every Thursday here on the Believe Podcast Network. Before we get into this week's episode, which is going to be kind of recapping what we've done in the past few in terms of getting you ready for the season, in terms of the schedule, the roster, some of the the injuries and things that have happened over the past few weeks and, and really months since we last had an episode. So some important things to note there as we get ready for the new season for LMU Lions basketball. But before we do, know that if you're listening to us here, we're available on any of your favorite directories, including Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find the show on Believe.com and any content for the entire Believe podcast network. And it is quite a growing and expanding network. Um, You can find that with the social media handles at Believe Podcast for Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So be sure to follow along with those. And if you do enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. We've had so many great ratings and reviews that have helped us to continue to grow this show, and we keep uh, we hope to keep doing that here as we chug along in the future. So now that we have all of that out of the way, going to get into a little bit, as we said, of the season preview, the off-season recap, and get you ready for some LMU Lions basketball. So here we go once again on the LMU Basketball Podcast. As we get into the show here on the LMU Basketball Podcast, before we break down what we need to about LMU Basketball, uh, it's been a big talking point uh, all across the podcast network about the the recent ruling for the NCAA, which of course directly applies to, to college basketball and what we're covering here with LMU of of their ruling to allow players to, to make money with uh, their name and likeness. So, uh, you know, we've been asked to give our thoughts on that topic and you know, it's, it's a really complex one, but I think obviously my, my first initial reaction is I think it's great. You know, the, these players work hard. Uh, they You know, their schedule and their lifestyle is 100% centered around uh, their team, you know, no matter what sport, college basketball, college fo- football, volleyball, cross country, whatever you're doing, uh, you know, you're still a student, you're going to class, uh, you're trying to figure out what you need to eat, you're trying to study, but at the same time, you're practicing for multiple hours a day, you're playing the game. You're doing all this stuff. You're traveling. Um, you know, and granted, a lot of that is taken care of on one end of the spectrum in terms of these players having scholarships and having that paid for. But at the same time, uh, that still doesn't put money in your pocket. So I think the ability to be able to have and profit off your own name uh, is something that has been a long time coming, frankly, and uh, should be great for the NCAA. But uh, I am a little bit skeptical about just the the you know how quickly it can be implemented how willing the NCAA is to actually pay the money that they need to in terms of giving it to these players off their name and likeness and, and how it will be distributed 
you know, Jay Billis, who's, of course, played at Duke and a college basketball analyst with ESPN, you know, he called it step one of a thousand-step process, and he wasn't very overly optimistic in terms of uh, how much this would actually make a dent and, and how serious the NCAA was about actually implementing this and, and really just delivering this kind of, you know, statement uh, and vote really is more of a just a show rather than having serious intentions for it. So that's really my, my first initial thought is how serious is the, is the NCAA actually and how will they implement this? You know, of course, it's going to be easy for, you know, say the quarterback for Alabama uh, or the you know the star running back from Clemson, or the star player at Duke in basketball, for them to potentially make money off their likeness. But how will it affect players in the smaller conferences and smaller teams? And for instance, for LMU, how will it affect them to be able to make money? Will it make a difference at all? Uh, and how will they be able to, be able to balance that across uh, the college sports landscape? So um, you know, I do think it, it's a good step, but. Uh, but as I mentioned with Jay Bill, I'm saying it's the first step in really thousand step process. So it'll be interesting to see how they actually implement it. Uh, you know, in the vote in the announcement, they said that the rules won't even go into effect until likely 2021. So we're still not even at the point that we're really talking about right now with players being able to benefit off their name and likeness. Um, so, so we'll see. I, I do think it's exciting in a way, but uh, you know, the the cynic in me is saying I don't really know exactly how it's going to work and with how staunchly the NCAA has been against this in the past and you know going after anyone who makes any money off anything whether it be a YouTube channel whether it be selling any merchandise of their own name signing their own name for an autograph um, really cracking down on that and you know putting in sanctions and suspending players and banning players and so on um, you know I, I, it's kind of a, I'll believe it when I see it type of thing here with the NCAA so I do like the intent of it, but uh, now it's time to see the execution of it. So we'll see what happens. But uh, for the players, I think if it goes through the way that it should, I think it's a very exciting thing. So uh, we'll see exactly how that turns out over the next couple of years and if that will affect any of the players uh, or school members that we know here in the at LMU and the WCC and if that affects the recruiting process, just really everything surrounding the game. It'll be really interesting to see. So uh, we'll definitely keep our eyes on that and discuss that further uh, when more developments come along with that. But definitely thought we should touch upon that because it really kind of hits on the head of, of where we are in the landscape of talking about college basketball every week. So um, now that we have that out of the way, let's get into LMU basketball. And if you haven't been following along with us during the summer, I uh, let you give you a little quick recap. You know that LMU is coming off a, a 22-win season, one of the best in program history. Uh, and now going over really a lot of turnover with the team in terms of the roster. Three seniors departing from the team, including all-conference performer and team-leading scorer and assist man James Bateman. Uh, of course, some other key pieces departing as well with Jeffrey McClendon and Peter Herman. Some transfers as well with Zafir Williams, Donald Gibson, and Cameron Allen. So six players initially going out and then a couple of more uh, that we haven't been able to cover in our, our little bit of time off in the off season. but two other key performers will not be on the court with the Lions they will still be around uh, with the team but we'll start with Matias Markison, the big 7-3 center I know talking about in one of our previous podcasts earlier in the summer uh, that he could be really you know a big fulcrum of the offense with the team but unfortunately he will not be on the team this season really uh, you know, sad news for him. You know, his mother was ailing, so he went back to Sweden to take care of her. 
Uh, she has since passed away, so we, we send our deepest condolences uh, to Matthias and his family. Uh, he likely will be back, uh, you know, enrolled in school, uh, you know, later on in the year, but he'll, he will not be on the team this season. Um, so obviously, you know, the most important thing from Matthias, as I said, is, is about him and how he's doing mentally and how his family's doing. So we want to send out our best wishes and condolences to him. He's just such a, a jovial guy who's just a, you know, really great person to be around. So uh, look forward to seeing him back on campus when he does get back. But his presence in, in a lot of ways will be sorely missed. And we hope that anyone out there in the Lion family, if you do know Matthias, or even if you don't and you are part of the, the Lion community, uh, have him in your thoughts. And, and, you know, if you do know him personally, reach out to him. He's such a, a great person and a great guy, and we wish him the best. And as I said, look forward to, to his return when he gets back on campus. And then the following year, hopefully, when uh, he returns to the team in the court, uh, that'll be a great sight when he does come back. But he will not be with the team or on the team this year. Uh, and that's also followed by tough news on the injury front for the Lions with Joe Quintana, who was expected to also have an expanded role with James Bateman off of the team, as well as Jeffrey McClendon, that opening in one of the guard spots for Quintana, who did really show some signs last year. He tore his ACL in practice, so he will be likely out for the entire season, redshirting. So that's two key cogs that the Lions initially, early in the, th in the summer, thought they would have that they will not. Uh, but as they say, it's the next man up mentality. Quintana will be with the team all year long, and he will be someone who uh, will have to provide leadership from the bench and what he sees uh, in practice with his teammates, but he will not be on the floor for the Lions. So a couple of big losses. Uh, we'll see how the Lions are able to adapt to that. So that will just simply increase the focus for the Lions on some of their returning players who are returning from last season, as it's really a mix of of returners, as we said, and newcomers, about half and half in terms of the makeup of the roster. And uh, I think for this team, you'll see a lot of dependence on a couple of the returning guys from last year, most particularly Eli Scott, the junior forward. Uh, I think you'll see an expanded role for him. He's someone that we've already seen be a great passer from the forward spot, uh, especially in the high post. But I think you'll see a lot more ball handling from Eli. He's someone who really has that in his repertoire and I think has a lot to show people that they might not expect in that department. I, I think Eli has the opportunity to really flourish in a point forward type of role. You know, it's hard to, to peg a player or compare them to one other one in particular, uh, but when you look at someone who Eli translates to in terms of what a lot of people would recognize at the higher level of basketball in the NBA, I see his game in a lot of ways similar to what Draymond Green does when he's at his highest level with the Golden State Warriors and what he did over the past five years, uh, where he can be a playmaker, uh, he can also rebound, he can defend. Um, you know, Eli, I think, can take a step up in the def defending area, but in terms of his ability to handle the ball, rebound, get a rebound, push and go, and find teammates, I think we'll see that a lot more, and I think we'll see the pace uh, at a higher level for the Lions than it was the last year uh, without Matthias Markinson in the middle. So that'll be really exciting to see. I think it's going to be a good challenge, but one that Eli will be uh, up to the task for. So he will be a key cog for the Lions. I think you look at Damian Douglas and what he did last year on the all-freshman team, his extreme athleticism, great rebounding ability, and the, the, the ability to finish at the rim. Uh, that was great. He also shot pretty well from three-point range and a rather limited amount of attempts, but if he can keep that aspect to his game and improve upon it, that'll be big for the Lions as well. So I think those are the two 
returning guys that the Lions will lean on heaviest. Of course, you throw in uh, Eric Johansson and his leadership and shooting ability as well. Uh, but it'll be a new team for the most part. It'll be exciting to see what a lot of these new guys or guys who didn't get as many minutes last year as, as freshmen and sophomores, what they do with their opportunity. You know, I think Ivan Alipiev, who should get a lot more opportunity, uh, could be a factor for the Lions as well. He's really worked hard this summer on his shot and just improving his game overall. A 6'8 sophomore who really handles like a guard and can shoot the three ball well. If he can find that shot consistently in games, I think he'll really have an opportunity to play and contribute as well. So he could be a big factor. Then I think like we've seen with some of these Mike Dunlap teams in the past, uh, you know, he's going to give everyone an opportunity to show themselves and to play. You know, uh, everyone on this roster will likely get their chance. And if you're able to contribute, you're going to find minutes and find time to play. And this roster uh, presents itself to the opportunity for depth. You know, a lot of these guys can fill a lot of different roles. And I think that's going to be the strength of this team is its versatility. You look up and down the roster, there's a lot of length. There's a lot of switchability in terms of defense, uh, and there's a lot of shooting. I, I do think this is more of a, a modern basketball team in terms of what we we expect to see now, at least at the NBA level, switching, three-point shooting, driving and kicking, attacking the rim. This team, I think, has that ability. They still have a great deal of size, even without Matias. Maybe at the center position, they're a little bit smaller, but across the board from point guard through one to five, uh, they have length and they have size, and I think they can use that to their advantage on both ends of the floor. So I'm really excited to see what they can do. Um, I got a chance to see them in practice a couple weeks ago uh, just to get reacclimated with the team and see how things are going. And it was impressive. You know, they're getting after it on the defensive end, which is, of course, a staple of what they did last year when they were so successful and what they've done over the past couple of years. But that'll be a continued focus for them. And I think, as I said, the ability to add more shooting and more athleticism to the team is something that you always will jump on. And uh, you'll see some of these guys and their ability to do that. And I think it'll be really impressive. And as we said, we don't know the full rotation, how the minutes will play out, but I think we'll see a lot of people play. And especially in this first game of the year against Westcliff University, you know, a lower division opponent who we saw the Lions take on last year, kind of a game to get your feet wet, uh, see how people perform in their first game, uh, you know, under the lights, get those jitters out of the way and, and have a nice game. It'll be Tuesday, November 5th, 7 p.m., home game at Gerson Pavilion if you can make it. If not, you can hear me on KXLU 88.9 FM as well as TuneIn Radio. Some of the other spots will have it going. We'll get you an update on that as well. But that'll be the opener for the Lions. And then uh, it's really off and going from there. They play a road game at Nevada, then back home the next week against Colorado State before heading to the Bahamas for a three-game tournament and then back home. And as you said, it's on and going after Tuesday. So the season is here. We're excited to get it going. Uh, you know, they, they play the games for a reason. You know, you can't just chalk up a win by looking at it on the schedule. I do think the Lions will come out uh, and perform well against Westcliff University, hopefully get that first win and, as said, get themselves a comfort level playing against other opponents. We know a lot of this time in the lead-up to the season, you're practicing against your own teammates, uh, you know, you do have a few close scrimmages here and there, but for the most part, you're you're working against your own guys. So just the opportunity to to see fresh competition is going to be good for the Lions, and I think it'll be a fun, exciting start to the year. We mentioned Eli Scott, Damian Douglas, uh, of course, Eric Johansson, as we said. Uh, some of the other returners on the roster, Jordan Bell, should have another opportunity to expand his game after his freshman year. We mentioned Ivana Lipiev, and then it's all the newcomers, and 
We've gone over them a little bit in past episodes, but just to quickly give you a refresher on that, uh, big man Lazar Nekic, seven footer, and he's legit seven feet. Chance to see him in practice. He's big. He's got a nice touch. Uh, you know, probably has to work a little bit on his conditioning, but he is someone who just presents really the most sheer size in the lineup for the Lions. So uh, he could be a factor when he enters in that regard for the ball game. Uh, Jonathan Dos Anjos, one of the best athletes on the roster, and that's really saying something. We said this is an athletic team and an athletic roster. Uh, he might be up there. Him and Damian Douglas probably have, uh, you know, a bet going to see who can stake claim at that. But really explosive, can rebound, can finish. He should be a fan favorite with the Lions. You got junior transfer Parker Dorch, big physical body, can shoot the ball, should fit in very well as well. And then some of the other guys that uh, came on late in recruiting or maybe have more of an opportunity to play with the injuries and the absences that we discussed before. But Diovante Williams, a freshman point guard out of Memphis, mentioned Riley Seabold, a six foot one freshman from Dallas, Texas, who is a three-point marksman should provide extra spacing and shooting uh, when he gets on the floor for the Lions. Uh, you throw in Sigu, Sisoho, Jawara, another contender for minutes at the point guard spot. 6'3 freshman out of Barcelona, Spain, so he'll have an opportunity to, to show himself as well. And then Lazar Zivanovic, so we got the two Lazars. Uh, Big Z, Lazar Nekic, who we already discussed, and now uh, LZ, Lazar Zivanovic, 6'7 freshman guard, uh, has point guard skills, uh, also can shoot the ball well, so he will be another interesting player for the Lions to look at this year. And then finally, Kelly Leopepe from Australia, physical rebounder, a little bit undersized at the four spot, 6'6", six, six, but when you see him up close in person, definitely not undersized in, in terms of what he brings with his physicality. Tree trunk legs, 6'6", six, six, 250, uh, already being touted by some as maybe the best rebounder on the team. So he's going to bring a sense of toughness and physicality to the team uh, and really, you know, that lion mentality that we saw defensively last year. Uh, he'll continue to bring that for the Lions this season. So uh, that's the, the roster that we have for LMU Lions basketball this year. I think it's going to be a fun year, you know, uh, as usual in the West Coast men's coaches poll in the preseason. Not a lot of optimism from the other coaches in the West Coast Conference, but so it goes. That's the way it's been for really the past five or six years for the Lions. They were picked to finish seventh in the conference uh, in the coaches' poll. Gonzaga won, uh, which is to be expected even with some of their losses and turnover with three of their top guys going to the NBA. They always reload, so they're picked to finish first once again. Uh, St. Mary's, who came very close to getting that first place tally, just couple of points behind. Uh, they're at two, BYU three. Pepperdine garnering a lot of attention and optimism from uh, people around the conference. Uh, they're listed at number four. You know, I do think Pepperdine, with the, uh, you know, the very nice talent they have, will take a step up, but you never really know in the conference, really after one, two, and three with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU, everything else is a toss-up. You know, the Lions finished fifth last year in the conference, but everything was so tightly packed in this conference is always so always so competitive um pepperdine not really adding a lot of new pieces people just expecting their talent they have now to take a jump they of course finished ninth in the conference last year so no guarantee that they do make that jump up to four but uh that's where they're placed in the coaches poll santa clara five san francisco six and then lmu at seven with pacific san diego and portland rounding out at eight nine and ten 
Uh, so the Lions picked to finish seventh in the preseason coaches poll. We'll see if they use that as any type of extra motivation as they get ready for the, the 2019-20 regular season. Also, if you need to throw another slight in there to get yourself motivated, the all-WCC preseason men's first team, or men's basketball team, they only give the preseason for the first team. Uh, out of the ten names, exactly zero listed for Lions. Uh, Yoli Childs out of BYU. Taj Edie out of Santa Clara. Kessler Edwards, uh, the younger of the two Edwards brothers over at Pepperdine, along with Colby Ross from Pepperdine. They have Malik Fitz and Jordan Ford out of St. Mary's. Uh, TJ Haas also from BYU, along with Childs. Uh, and then Killian Tilly for Gonzaga and Jaleel Tripp for Pacific. So no Lions represented there either. As we said, that's just extra motivation for LMU and their players to try to show that uh, they're being undervalued. I do think that there's a great chance if the Lions do have a successful season for either Eli Scott or Damian Douglas uh, to get themselves into that conversation for all conference honors. Uh, and I, I do think Eli, as I said, most in, in particular with what he's able to do, he really came on strong at the end of last year and didn't get to show his full improvement and potential from freshman to sophomore year because he had mono, missed you know the first seven games of the year, and then really for the first half of the season after that was kind of working his body back into shape after losing, you know, a ton of weight, trying to get his strength back and doing it on the fly while playing games. He's healthy and ready to go. I think he's going to have a big year, and I think he will be a driving force for the Lions this season who look to keep things going after a 22-win campaign. Uh, you know, you can't really fully predict what's going to go on, but just knowing how thorough and dedicated Mike Dunlap and his staff are, I'm really optimistic for what this team can do, and I think uh, if they get things going on all cylinders, that they will be able to outperform that seventh seeded prediction and really get themselves, hopefully, up to the top half of the conference. But it all starts on Tuesday, as we mentioned, for the Lions. They'll be home facing Westcliff. Uh, and we'll be back next week to bring you all the breakdown from that game going into the game against Nevada following that. So we're ready for the 2019-20 season. Really excited to have you here with us. And let's get this thing going. So that does it for this week's edition of the LME Basketball Podcast. So we said we're back here on the Believe Podcast Network after the offseason. Really happy to be here and happy to have you along as well. We'll continue to keep this podcast rolling with new guests, new updates on the season, everything you need to know. You can find it right here on the Believe Podcast Network. And know that if you're looking for this podcast, we're available on any of your favorite directories, including Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on any of your favorite social media handles. While you're over at Believe.com, be sure to check out the over 130-plus shows we have on the network uh, covering everything in the L.A. area and now expanding across the sports landscape. So be sure to check those out. And if you happen to enjoy the sound of my voice and enjoy the Los Angeles Clippers just started a new LA Clippers podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. So that's available on Believe.com as well. Go ahead and check that out as well. But right now, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the show. We thank you again for tuning in and know that if you do enjoy the LME Basketball Podcast, it's only available here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.